Well, Vicky, amazing to have you on the podcast Thank today. You. For those who maybe don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about you and uh, what you do here at River yeah. Valley, and we'll jump in. I'm I know there's a lot of questions I have, and I know it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, so. cool. I'm super excited. Um, I get to oversee serve our community, which is our local outreach umbrella at River Valley Church. And so uh, we've gone through some different additions here. It was once called Local Projects. In a few years, well, I've been in this role about a year and a half and just had kind of a stirring in my heart that people aren't projects. And mm -hmm. so took it to leadership and said, hey, I think it's just what we do. It's not who we yeah. are or what we're called. And so we are serve our community. And so I get to help all nine campuses figure out how to get outside of their church and serve people in their mm -hmm. community. And you're also on staff at our city campus as well, which is downtown Minneapolis, right in the heart of the city. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, we attended Apple Valley for 14 years, actually. Wow. So on staff there for a few years. And last year, 2021, the Lord said, hey, there's some needs in the city. You got to be there. And I thought, nah, I live in Lakeville. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I talked to my husband, Lou, and he's like, let's do it. Yeah. And that opened a door for me to become a connections pastor at the Minneapolis campus. And so I get to do that part-time as well. So good. So good. When we think of serving our community, there's so many, so much that could mean yeah. when practically speaking, what does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis? And maybe a little bit later, we can talk about serve day specifically, yeah. but on a, on a weekly, on a daily basis, um, what does that look like for a campus to serve their community? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's one that we're, we're asking all the time. I meet with the campuses on a rotation about every six weeks. And a question I ask them is, when you hear the word someone in need, who do you think of? What's the face that comes to you? And every campus is different uh, based on where they are demographically, geographically, uh, what the needs are in each city that they're around. And so it's kind of a compassion project is what I call it. It's like, where does your heart bend for? And so my job is very creative because it's not cookie cutter. Uh, it's not like, hey, we're all going to do this because uh, it doesn't translate to every campus and mm -hmm. every community. And so um, I'm asking the staff to say, who do you want to care for? Who do you see? Um, and so Egan, they're bent towards uh, like service people who serves their community they want to give back to. Mm -hmm. So they'll do things for police and firefighters. Our um, Shakopee campus is really leaning in towards uh, the homeless population, which mm -hmm. is shocking mm -hmm. that in that rural of an area, there's a homeless population. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's working with the campuses, the uh, campus coordinators and typically the campus pastor to say, who do we want to serve here? And then let's create an opportunity for people to go and do it. Another great thing that's awesome is when you have someone at a campus that's passionate already. Mm -hmm. And so our Crosstown campus, actually, they have a few individuals really passionate about foster care mm -hmm. and adoption. And so they're bringing that passion to the campus saying, can we host a meeting? Can we have a small group? Can we do this, this, this? Mm -hmm. So then that's directing their outreach that they're doing at their campus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I love how each church, each location has its own identity and, yeah. and DNA almost. I mean, I think for those listening, they should be reminded like, oh yeah, my church doesn't have to look like the same church down the road. Yes. And even for us that has the same name above the building, we have different heartbeats and different DNA. And again, it doesn't yeah. mean we 
we don't do things in that community, but it's we do more specific things That's to right. what that city has in, in in need specifically. What when when you think about saying yes to different projects, because obviously there's a heart, and and if there's a pastor out there like, okay, I have a heart for foster care, or I have a heart yeah. for the homeless, or a heart for you know education, or yeah. fill in the blank, whatever it is. What are your next steps from there? Because obviously it's like, okay, I'm gonna just foster kids come come here you know it's it's not as simple as that yeah as we're developing that even with newer campuses or campuses that maybe didn't have a lot of serving opportunities what are your next steps yeah um what i ask campuses to look into are if there's three wins available it's a go and that's uh can we serve with an organization can we give towards them? And is their mission similar to ours? Mm-hmm. And so I'm really stretching campuses to focus on Christ-centered organizations to partner mm-hmm. with. I know that doesn't always happen. And there are certain times like Serve Day mm-hmm. that we open our doors broader. 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 Broader, yeah. That's a good word. Uh, I don't use it often, I guess. But then it's like, okay, let's just serve anybody we can. Yeah. And that's awesome. And that has impact. But so I asked them to look for those three wins. I asked them, is there somebody at your campus that you can empower to be the leader of mm-hmm. this? Um, because we can't do everything as staff members. And if we try, we fail. And so it's like, who could you bring along that's passionate about it? And they'll spread the word. The word of mouth is the best thing ever. And then my newest terminology is I believe a lot of little drips are going to create a big splash. Mm-hmm. So starting um, at Crosstone, again, for the foster care stuff, let's have an interest meeting. How many people actually want this? Mm-hmm. And you get 55 people there. You're like, wow, yeah, okay. There's a need here. Then we do a more like in-depth informational meeting. From there, they can create a small group that goes out and does the event together. Um, But it really is a lot of little things that make the big thing. Um, A campus like Maple Grove that's starting out, I love it. They've actually partnered with the city of Maple Grove a lot. Uh, For Serve Day, that was their main focus. And that's a great way to get the word out that our church is in the city. Uh, we're doing that in Minneapolis as well. Like, let's go clean up our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And is that Christ-centered? No, but we are being the hands and feet of Christ. And yeah. so we can bring that in. Uh, so it's, yeah, a lot of little things to get to one big thing. And I just told campuses, like, try something. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a few campuses that were like, yeah, we don't really know if people want to do this. I was like, well, let's try it. And, and people do, they Mm -hmm. really do want to get out and, and bless people with their time. So we've mentioned serve day a few times now. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of churches have something similar to this, but talk about what serve day looks like for us. Yeah. You know, we, we love coming under an umbrella of a national thing. And so serve day is just that it's, let's see how many churches we can get out serving our communities all at one time. And so there is, let's create as many opportunities as possible to get as many people out serving in one day. Mm -hmm. Um, It's growing, growing, growing. I can remember the first year it was probably 200 people Mm -hmm. house-wide. It's usually the second Saturday in July, I think. Yep, yep. That's about, yep, second, between the second and third, it gets a little tricky in there, 15th, 16th, right in the middle of the month. Um, And last year we had a great turnout, about 1,000 people. And this year Pastor Rob called an audible and said, we're going to double. We're going to be an army that gets out there and shows people we care for your your community. And we did it. We got 
2,500 people out wow. in one day. And what that was was a lot of opportunities at each campus. And that's the blessing of a multi-campus is mm-hmm. we can do it. Some campuses had 130% of their goal reached. Some campuses had 52%. Mm-hmm. But together, we had a great turnout. Mm-hmm. And so we we actually did an awesome brainstorming session as a campus, and we we went old school like a elementary project, and we drew our city. What do you see in your city? And then it was, how could you serve what you see? Mm-hmm. So well, I saw a vet, and someone was like, what the heck? How would we serve a vet? I was like, you can make tie blankets mm-hmm. for dogs sure. when they come in. And they're like, I would have never thought of that. And so we just got really creative. We try and have a wide variety of projects. Uh, serve day is an on-ramp. Um, hopefully where someone is exposed to an organization or a serving project where they're like, I want to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people will move there. Some won't. They'll Mm -hmm. just serve on serve day. Uh, But so we had people time blankets for kids in hospitals. We had people painting rooms at transitional housings, landscaping projects. Uh, Some cities are really receptive and they want you to come and help them. Um, But that takes time and Mm -hmm. reputation to say, oh, they actually are going to come and do what we said we're going to do. Um, Apple Valley worked with some school districts um, to say, we'll come and clean up your landscaping projects. So it's creating, anybody could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, card making is a great opportunity for someone that's not quite mobile, doesn't want to be outside. Mm-hmm. And then, But then we try and say, well, what could the next group do with that? The next group, group could deliver the cards and talk with someone that's living at an assisted living home. Mm-hmm. And and so that's powered by the campus. I'm here to support them in a, as a central role, making sure that announcements are going to happen, there's promotional items, all those things. But really the campuses get to generate what they want to do. Um, and then it's just creating all the registrations and, and people show up. So... What I hear you saying is serve day specifically is trying to create as low of a bar as possible. That's right. And, and not, not mean bar of excellence, <laughs> but bar of entry. Yes. To say the barrier to entry is pretty low. That's right. You, you don't have to, I mean, really, you don't even have to be a Christian to come. I, That's I, right. I remember there was a, a friend of my wife's who called and he was really struggling. He had overdosed on drugs and wow. um, it was on a Friday. It was right before serve day. And we were like, Come, mm. come to survey tomorrow. <laughs> it was like, what a weird thing. But we were like weeding. We were weeding in right. the community. And it was, and I remember he came and I mean, he still looked really rough. Yeah. And, um, he, he was weeding with us and pick, and he's like, honestly, this is like one of the best days I've had in wow. a long time. And it's like, he mm. didn't need to, we didn't need to preach to him. We didn't need to, no. you know, do church, uh, to, to make an impact. And so I think that oftentimes we miss opportunities to invite our neighbor with serving like like who who would have thought that serving is actually the opportunity to invite people that's right but i feel like we see a lot of i met people at this year survey where they're like this is my first i don't even go to the church i've never really been to church but my friend invited me right so i think for people thinking how do i grow my church serving could be a big opportunity yeah when you think about partnerships there's two sides of that 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 came to my mind first we're not the only church in this community right we're not the only church that does good in this community we're not the oldest church in this community. Right. So what what are ways that you've encouraged our campuses and even yourself in developing partnerships to where we're not the only church involved, we're not the only, even within our denomination or even in our city, 
How have you navigated some of those yeah. Uh, challenges? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm working closely with Scott Coney right now, and they've created these unique situations. Um, they want to tackle homelessness in mm-hmm. Scott County, and so they're bringing faith communities in to say, help us figure this out, mm-hmm. which is just a whole nother tangent, but a really cool opportunity to yeah, see awesome. government and church coming together. And a way I explained it, so we've got all the big churches there. We got all the little churches. We have faith organizations, nonprofits. We're all in there together. And the way I explain River Valley's role is we just want to be a win to their sail. We're not the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. And the commissioner just kind of was like, I love that. Thank you for just being here as support. And I think really that's what churches do. We link arms and together we're stronger. Mm-hmm. There's no competition. We can do it together. Um, if we could ever get to the point where 30% of our church was serving, that would be a huge goal. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of room for other churches to come alongside of us and do it. We had that actually on Serve Day. Uh, one of our city campuses projects was at New Life Family Services, which they are Christ-centered, Christ-affirming, pregnancy planning center. And there were four churches represented there mm. on serve day, and it was beautiful. Yeah, um, We all had different color shirts, all a little different twists on the serve day logo, and we can do it together. Um, I think that's God's goal, is mm. to have churches unified. So the worst thing we can do is say, oh, someone else has got that. Sure. Um, I'm always looking for the newer organizations, the around the five-year-old. Uh, if you get to year five, that means, okay, you're still around. You're yeah. still around. Um, and I love to support them uh, between that five and 10 year where they're really trying to grow and expand. And River Valley Church, we have a lot of people. We have a lot mm-hmm. of bandwidth and we have really generous people. And so we are a support when we come into these places. Um, but yet we are unique too. Um, some churches love to like come in and take ownership. Like we want to own the food pantry at Freedom Works. Mm-hmm. That's not really where. River Valley is strong in. We're great at coming in for one-time events uh, like Serve Day or Fall Serving, Spring Mm -hmm. Serving, where we can say, we'll come in for a few hours. It's like a global team, but locally. Mm -hmm. We're just going to come in. We're going to support you, encourage you, bring an uplifting environment, and then you do your thing and we'll come back in a few months. Sure. Uh, when, When you think about that, I think some people may say, okay, well, that's easy. You know, I, you, we know it's not, <laughs> um, but being a church that I think we really value leadership, we, you know, that's how we hire our teams. That's how we train yeah. our volunteers is to be a leader of see a need, solving problems. H- how have you d- differentiated between that? Cause you talked about the value in being that person that just, that just, uh, encourages yeah. and puts wind behind the sails. Yeah. Um, but I think at times leaders who see things that are maybe not as effective or efficient as they could be. And like, you know, sometimes you go to these events and it's like, (laughs) nobody's there to greet you and the door's locked and, you know, and it's, again, it's maybe a volunteer of their own that's helping run it, but it's not always the most organized in that situation. How have, have you coached our pastors, Mm. volunteer leaders to work in those environments to where, Maybe we think, oh, we could bring a lot of expertise and leadership here. But to your point, we don't have the bandwidth or capacity to to do that. Right, right. How have we processed that? Yeah, it, that it, it's so challenging. It really is. I mean, 
you've been on global teams. Yeah. How many times do you go and you're like, oh my goodness, yeah, this is so inefficient. And years and years ago, one of the first things I learned from a pastor was, but we will leave and the ministry stays. Yeah. And so it's that same thing with local serving is we're just going to go and we're going to follow their lead. Mm -hmm. And us just being there oftentimes is the biggest blessing ever. Hear someone's testimony, pray with someone, encourage them. I actually, I'm a hard worker. I love to work hard. And so showing up to a place where I'm not going to work hard can like rub me the wrong way, but it's actually the times that God allows me to have the more relational connects that I need. Mm -hmm. And so, and I want people to show up and it's easy serving. So I've actually been okay with like, we showed up, we hardly did a thing. Great. You'll sign up again because it was easy work. It was Mm -hmm. easy serving where if someone shows up and they're like, I didn't get a break for four hours. I was sweating so bad. That's that's a lot of work, and they might not sign up again. Mm-hmm. Um, I do try my best uh, to vet the organization, get as much detail as I can, and include that on all communications, registration links, reminder emails, because people do want to be informed. That's what I've learned a lot is no one wants to sign up and not know what mm-hmm. they're in for. So any bit of detail I can get, and that oftentimes does stretch the organization they're like, well, just it's great. Just bring them on in. We'll lead them. I'm like, ah, actually, but they want to know what they need to wear, or you know, how long they're going to be there for planning. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like they need a, a framework, and I know we need to be flexible and we need to pivot. Um, but it's good for us to help these organizations advance their administrative skills too. Like, hey, you got a plan for us to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a serving event, unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago. You know, you send people there and I got a message or like, no one's here. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to do? And it's like, okay, we'll be okay. I said, let's just hang out a little bit um, and we'll figure this out. But then I did have a follow-up with that organization afterwards. And I said, hey, people are given of their time. Um, so we just want to we want to steward that the best we can. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, they're apologetic, but they learned from that too, that our people actually want to be there and they yeah. want to serve. I think organizations like Feed My Serving Children, that's why they're such easy serving opportunities yeah. because you show up and it's like a guided tour. Mm-hmm. They keep you on time. They got the music playing. And so it's a good learning curve. Um, the leaders that want to go in and change things, that's just a great pastoral moment with them to talk about where else could we use that leadership skill. Sure. I would love you instead of you directing that towards the organization, can you direct that to the people that are coming? I'd love for you to lead them. Can you pray with them? Can you ask them to lead an opportunity? And and then they're great. But if you don't find them an outlet, then they feel stuck. Yeah, no, it's true. I'm I'm one of those people. And so I've I've experienced (laughs) that. And I'm sometimes, you know, I've really had to learn, okay, this is an opportunity to just receive and yes and it's it's helped me and i'm sure you've taught this as well but to think about it from the alternative side like let's say a pastor came into our church from a larger church or a more influential church or even just a uh another church right. any church and they're better at something than we are because there certainly are lots of pastors that every time a pastor comes in uh they're asking us questions we're asking them questions back because they're like selfishly we're using this as time to learn from you because right, you came right. here but this is awesome and so i think understanding that 
you wouldn't want some random person coming and telling you what to do. That's right. Now, they may be right, but it has to come with that relationship. Yep. And it's like yep. even, you know, going to different uh, serving opportunities to say, oh, yeah, I remember you. Or, hey, and then now you have a relationship. They're open to feedback. Exactly. And then even they might start asking you questions. Hey, yep. how did that go? You know, whereas maybe they wouldn't have the first time. That's right. So I think those long lasting partnerships they give you comfortability. Just like on a first date, you wouldn't just tell them like, hey, what's that mole <laughs> on your face about? It's like, that. you right? may wait a little while right? to ask that question. Right? And I think it, I think of oftentimes like, I know how I like my house to be. Sure. But when I go to your house, I'm not expecting that in yeah. your house. And we have to have that same thing, whether it's someone coming to visit our church or we going to serve with them. Like, we can do it our way and you can do it your way and that's great. Mm -hmm. We can still work together. But the the relationship building is key um, and that's really helped campuses to build more opportunities is once there's a relationship, it's so easy to email and say, hey, we'd love to come serve with you next month. Oh, awesome. We'll figure it out. But mm -hmm. it takes about a year is what we're finding of like consistent people showing up to serve that they trust us. Yeah, um, They need their job's done too. Um, if they're banking on us to be there, we need to be there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a stretching thing for our attendees. Like, don't sign up unless you're actually going to go. Yeah. Um, and that's something the campus teams get to work with their people on. Mm -hmm. There's a book called uh, When Helping Hurts. Yes. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think about that in the context of, of global missions, yeah. but obviously in, in serving our local communities, yeah. it applies as well. Yeah. Um, what... What are ways that you think we can combat that idea mm -hmm. of like the the zealous, again, not even changing things, but just yeah. even wanting to do something yeah. like I want to do something, but I don't want to hurt. I actually see somewhat of the reverse problem happening, Yeah, meaning people going, well, I don't want to hurt the thing. Yeah. And so I'm just going to not do anything. <laughs> it's like, it's like, there's that book. When helping hurts, I don't want to hurt. And so it's almost like a cop-out. <laughs> and cop I know out. that's not at all the author's <laughs> intent from the book, but I do see some of yeah. that happening. It's like, I just don't want to mess anything up. I don't want to yeah. do it. Have you dealt with that at all? Or I think it's an intriguing thing. I haven't heard it much, but I can I can run with it. Sure. And here's what I'd say. I don't have that much control. Sure. You don't actually have that much power. And our God's greater. And he's going to give you the grace. So if you really think you're going to go in and you're going to mess this person up, our God's too good and he's not going to let it happen. And mm -hmm. so I actually think like, let's break down that pride barrier a little sure. bit. Like you're just a person in the toolbox that we can use. Um, but I can, yeah, people, we're in this era right now of you do you, I do me, I'll love you either way. And that's awesome. And yet it is preventing people from getting out and doing things. Um, in a similar vein, I, uh, something I have heard is like, since COVID, people are a little more selfish with their time. Mm -hmm. And because we had it taken away from us, we weren't able to do what we wanted to do. And so now that we can, people are like, well, I just want to do what I want to do. Yeah, like I haven't been able to do this for so long. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. And it's like, so, you know, I'd rather like go to the movie because I'd like mm -hmm. to do that. But once you... It's just getting people in. It's that entry gate mm -hmm. um, because we know it's scripture. It says whoever refreshes will be refreshed himself. Yeah. And like the person you reference, like you brought them along to serve day, 
People need purpose. Mm -hmm. And some people are stuck in a job that they don't feel purpose. Their identity isn't what they want it to be. You get them out serving and it's like, I feel so full. Mm -hmm. can't believe how I feel. And so the best thing that happens is when you get people excited at a campus. Our street team, that's happening a lot. We got Mm -hmm. people at our city campus that just come do this with me. Mm -hmm. Come do this with me. And we have people finding Jesus Christ because they did street team first and Mm -hmm. then came to church and they're like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's why I felt so full serving somebody as Jesus was doing that for me. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And Street Team's a great example of that partnership, yes. partnering with another church in our community who's been doing it for a while and yes. saying, hey, we have people who want to help serve this need and kind of do that collaborative um, opportunity yeah. there. I think about, you were talking about organization and I wanted to jump back on yeah. that for a second. In Areas, ministries that are maybe disorganized. And I'm sure, I know there's a lot, like you mentioned, Feed My Starving Children is a great example of that. But there's a lot of ministries that are well organized. But I would say most local ones, they just don't have the bandwidth or the funding or resourcing or whatever it is to have somebody devoted to it in the same way that maybe a church does or other larger organizations across the globe. Um, Can you stress a little bit of the importance and maybe even breaking it down like, on a very practical level of when somebody, when when we're trying to fill a service project, what are we asking them to do? How are they signing up? What communication do they get? Um, What are the things that we have to have answered? Like you mentioned an organization. I need something. What are those things that we're going to put on the website or email them, communicate with them to ensure that they do show up and that they feel like, okay, even if the organization maybe wasn't quite as organized, the church was super organized and it helped me to understand the good that was being yeah. done. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, no, that's super great. So whether it's myself or a campus coordinator, the first thing is getting all those details from the organization. And sometimes it does feel like pulling teeth a little bit because it's so granular. It's like, you really need that many details? Yeah, we, we want that many details. What kind of details? Details we want to know. What's the location? Where's best to park even? Uh, do you want to leave valuables in your car? What is the safety of the neighborhood? Um, you want to know what time to arrive and what time you're going to start serving and end serving. What to wear? Are you bringing your own water bottle? Are you bringing your own tools? Will those be supplied when you get there? Um, something I find really important is a leader on each side. So leader from River Valley Church who are you going to connect with when you get to the organization? Um, and that sometimes is tricky, but it's really important. And that goes back to the previous question. Having a leader from River Valley Church allows someone to exercise their giftings and talents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we create registration links for everything. Um, something I found super helpful is uh, Union Gospel Mission is an awesome um, kitchen that serves those in need and uh, those that are unsheltered at the time. They serve meals every day three times a day, every day of the year. And they have their own sign-up system. But what I do is I'll grab all six serving spots from Union Gospel Missions serving their scheduler, and I recreate it in our database. Hmm. So when people from River Valley Church sign up to go to Union Gospel Mission, it's River Valley familiar. Oh, I know how this works. I know what they're yeah. going to ask me. And then 
I translate that information back to the organization. So it's almost you're saying, I'm going to do the hard work yep. so that you can do the easy work. That's right. It's like you're familiar with this platform rather than, hey, here's the link to go to Union Gospel Mission, sign up for their thing. It's like, I don't know. And then in some organizations, I have to create an account or I exactly. need a, a password or something. It's like, I'm going to make this easy for you. Yeah. yeah. And it, it allows us to have the control, to be honest. It allows us to control the communication that comes after sure. someone signs up. Yeah. And that's really important because if something happens and we we need to schedule the or reschedule the event. How do we get a hold of these people now sure. that signed up externally? Then you have to reach out. Hey, could you give me the list that was originally our people, anyways? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And that's been a little learning curve for some of the organizations we work with. They're like, "Hey, are you really bringing fifty people to feed my starving children?" Yep, and we'll get you all those names the day before, but they'll be there. Yeah. And then we go in manually and enter those names. And we've heard great reviews from organizations like, this is really helpful. Um, and then... But it requires that trust, like you mentioned. It does. Because if you if you'd say we're bringing 50 and you show up with 15, that like that's a big breakdown in trust. Huge. And we want our people to understand that too. And so we communicate, like you're signing up, Here's what to expect. Uh, you get a confirmation email as soon as you sign up with all the details, and then a reminder email usually a day before. Um, and we we try and keep those very detailed. People want to know, did anything change? Who? Uh, we even have people that put the team leader's name and phone number in there. Mm-hmm. If you have questions, you can text Heather, and she'll help you out. And that provides comfort for people. It provides validity, like, oh, this is actually a thing we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um I'll be honest, I've signed up for things outside of the church, and I've shown up. I'm like, I did not need to be here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what a bummer. I could have done something else, and we don't want people to have that same experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so and then we've just gotten really good. Once we have all those details, people are signing up, the communication's key, and campuses get to run with that. They get to put it in their campus emails, uh, stage announcements, um, and and those are very strategic. We don't want to promote something unless it's actually something. Um, we've mentioned serve day. What we've also done is tried to create a rhythmic serving schedule that goes along with our other seasons model mm-hmm. that we use for our small groups. And so you do serve day and then, oh, there's kind of a little lull. And then we do fall serving because there's also fall small groups. And then we do winter serving um, and spring serving. And it, it does seem to be working. We've had campuses like increase their attendance in serving projects by literally 200% um, because people are like looking forward to Mm -hmm. it and there's actually a follow through. Yeah. I think making it clear, making it simple for people to sign up because they're giving up their time that for them is, is their most valuable resource. Again, for, for us as pastors and church leaders, we're like, you only have to serve once in a six week span, you know, but it's like for them, it's like, no, this, uh, my job isn't ministry. I'm also running my job and having family and have baseball and have this and that. So it's actually is a a great commitment that they're giving. Um, and you can only start somewhere too. That's right. 
Um, I love how we talked high level. We yeah. talked practical. There's a lot of different resources. Um, as I always mention, feel free to email us yes. and we can get you connected with Vicki. Um, if you email the network or if there's any resources or things, feel free to tool around our website yeah. too. Um, and we just updated our website. So, it's so yeah, great. So great. So great. I know it's been a long time coming, but that's awesome. <laughs> now I so. don't know how to send people there that yet yeah. though. It's yeah. like, I used to know like, oh, go yeah. here, go here. You're going to click here and yep. that'll take you here. And now I'm like. You're like, it's better, but it's I better. don't know it yet. So, yeah. Well, it's well awesome. go go find it. Just uh, tool around. And, That's right. And you'll find it just like we will. So That's right. Well, Vicki, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank awesome. you. Thanks.